This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode 31, with guest Jacqueline Carley. Any links to resources you hear in this podcast can be found at yourkickasslife forward slash 31. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Andrea Owen here. Very excited for today's episode because I am personally working with the guest today. She is someone uh, who's helping me change my life in a really positive way in terms of, of health and fitness. So I knew I just had to have her on the show. Her name is Jacqueline Carley, and here's a little bit more about her. Jacqueline Carley, aka Jack, is co-founder and editor-in-chief of Boss Fit Mag. She is a mind-body medicine scientist, entrepreneur, and competitive athlete. A self-proclaimed bibliophile, nerd, and research addict, she spent her lifetime studying the inner and outer workings of the body and mind. Her work as a mentor, coach, and health advocate through her popular site and TV show, Fitterella, on the Pulse Network, inspired thousands to rekindle their inner fire through whole foods, conscious movement, and holistic living. Originally from New York City, Jacqueline is now based out of Boston. She has a bachelor's degree in business and leadership, a master's in nutrition, and is currently completing a PhD in mind-body medicine. She holds multiple certifications in fitness, personal training, yoga, and CrossFit endurance because she's a certification junkie. She speaks Spanish and Portuguese, sings Sanskrit chants and opera and was once a flight attendant. You can connect with Jack on Twitter at JCQLY, which she's very active, or her latest addiction Instagram at the same handle. So here is today's show. Yeah, we're here. How did you like my my <laughs> my excited yeah? Ooh, ooh, I like it. Jack is here with us, everyone, and I'm I'm really like double excited to bring you this guest because this is someone that I am I'm currently personally working with, who is uh, pretty much shifting my life really, and I don't I don't say that very often. And for those of you that don't know, I, I got to a point where, well, let me start by saying this, you know, a, a kind of disclaimer. I, I had an eating disorder in my twenties and healed from that about, uh, my gosh, it's been about nine years. So I've been symptom free, thank goodness, for all those years. So for along the way, you know, when I was re recovering and everything, I had wanted to clean some stuff up nutritionally. And for in the beginning, I didn't feel like I was ready. Like I didn't want to start thinking about food like that again. And just like, it was kind of like shark infested waters for me. But you know, this year I got to a point where I had a throwdown, and I turned 39 and I was noticing changes, big changes. And I felt just wired and tired all the time. My back hurt most days when I got up in the morning and I've been, I was working out like kind of inconsistently. Anyway, I had followed Jack on social media for a few years and, um, ran into the same circles, but never had like formally met. And then, so I knew exactly who I wanted to work with. And thank you so much. I feel completely different. Um, you know, my body's changing. That really wasn't the, the primary goal. I just wanted to feel better and that's happening. So thank you. 
You're welcome. I'm so excited. That makes me so happy. That's exactly why I do what I do because a I love 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 seeing people um, transform their bodies and their spirits and their minds. Um, and also I know what it feels like firsthand as well. So that makes me so, so excited and so happy. And I've, you know, that picture that you posted the other day, your muscle tone coming back uh-huh. and that just made me, I was showing everybody, look, look, because it really is, um, even though we're, you're making, you know, you're making a change nutritionally and you're making a change physically, but really impacts every area of your life. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people don't realize um, how connected everything really is. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm sleeping better. And I had sent, I had sent you a text too, that for the first time in so long in the afternoon, I wasn't dying for a cup of coffee. And honestly, sometimes I still drink it just because it, I love coffee. Mm -hmm. Sure. (laughs) I I love coffee too. But I'll only have like a half a cup. But before, I mean, it was, it was, I felt wired and, or tired all day long. And I knew it was because of what I was putting in my body. And I will say this to you guys, I am eating the same amount as what I was eating before. I'm, I'm, I'm consuming the same amount of calories, exercising pretty much the same amount. I just, it was the types of food um, and the times of the day that has changed. So that really was it. And I just didn't know. I didn't know <laughs> what to do. And it was overwhelming. So that's why I wanted to, to work with you. And and that's why I wanted to have you on the show. So thank you for having ado, me. Yeah, I'm stoked. I will um, get started with the questions. So I'd love for you to to tell our audience your story. So what was your life like years ago before you made fitness and nutrition a priority? Tell us kind of what happened along the way and, and how did you make this shift? Okay. Well, I grew up um, a TV dinner, Chef Boyardee eating uh, latchkey kid. And my mom, my parents divorced when I was a baby and she worked, you know, three jobs. And so often I was cooking for myself and I didn't, wasn't into sports, uh, participating in uh, any type of sports. And I would go home and basically that was, you know, hot dogs and hungry man and stuff like that. Now, I'm not trying to blame the food, but I'm just saying that is how I grew up. And I was very sedentary and I grew up overweight. So it continued pretty much up until about high school. And at that time, that was when I then discovered that there were other ways um, of uh, losing weight that were not very healthy, which included uh, binging and purging and starving yourself uh, and also taking all kinds of diet pills. And uh, so I was bulimorexic, which is bulimic and anorexic for about almost eight years and um taking all kinds of crazy stuff. And it was uh, pretty rough for a while. I was depressed and just not happy with myself. And uh, my life, my world pretty much revolved around that, um, around trying to attain this unattainable mythical number that I thought that was going to change my world. But in reality, I had other stuff that I needed to work on um, within myself. And that didn't start until I was probably about 20. 
uh, met a friend who introduced me to this quote unquote holistic world, holistic nutrition. And I thought, what's that? And, um, I ended up going to visit a school in New York. I was living in New York city and it was the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which today is this kind of really big famous to do. And they've had, you know, thousands of graduates, but at the time it was very, very small and, uh, it was kind of, uh, under the radar, so to speak. And, and also just not very in the mainstream holistic at that time was still kind of looked at as like, you know, that weird Mm, hippie dippy, you know, whatever. Um, so I went there and it was the first time that I met people that, um, didn't talk about like diets or didn't talk about weight or like weren't concerned with, um, any of that stuff. And I, I had never really been around people that weren't concerned about, um, weight and how you looked and, and so on. And it was very odd to me. And so I decided to enroll at the school at the time more so for, my own learning and to see if maybe that it would help me develop a, a better relationship with food. I should stress that by this point I had already, um, you know, been seeing all kinds of doctors and had been in group therapy and had, um, was doing outpatient treatment and so on and so forth. So this for me was pretty much, um, the last kind of the last effort, for me to see if, if there was anything I can do. I had kind of reached bottom um, not too long before that um, when I was in a group meeting and I looked around and I realized that we were all competing with our stories on who was a better bulimic. Mm. And uh, that was just, uh, <laughs> it was crazy. And so anyway, so I went to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and um it totally rocked my world. There were just things about food that I didn't know and that had never imagined in terms of how it affects your body, affects your thinking, how you feel, and um, and also the possibilities of how you can feed yourself uh, in so many different ways in a, in a positive way. And I really just, um, allowed myself to open up and start experimenting and try different foods. And the people that I was around as well, um, introduced me to yoga and to, um, meditation and all kinds of things. And so I was really kind of in a period of my life where, I was uh, really exploring. And so that was what pretty much started me on that path. And I had already been working for uh, a very well-known fitness club chain since I was in high school on and off. And so I had access to um, a lot of other fitness people. And I got interested in personal training. So at that point I had gotten my personal training certification and, uh, started personal training clients. And then I started working with other eating disorder, um, 
uh, sufferers at uh, a local center. And that kind of blossomed from there when I realized that I really wanted to be able to make an impact and help people with their fitness and nutrition to get better. I then later went on to get uh, a bunch of other certifications, everything from um, yoga instructor to CrossFit um, to step aerobics. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a certification junkie. Mm-hmm. And then I got my master's in nutrition as well. And um, have now I'm getting my PhD in mind-body medicine. It's a, it's a great kind of redemption story <laughs> of being, and I know there's probably a lot of people listening that can, can relate to that and, and whether they're still there now or they were in their past or kind of go back and forth into those, those behaviors. And, and if you're listening and you, and you feel like it, it is a real problem for you, um, we both highly encourage you to get help. Uh, a quick search would be to, to NADA, um, the National Eating Disorder orders, uh, they have a hotline, a 1-800 number that you can call and get help. And, and so I, I love that. I, I love that. I think it's so common too. You know, I, I, when you were saying like that you grew up on, on TV dinners and, um, and Chef Boyardee, so did I. And, <laughs> and I feel almost a little bit nostalgic when I walk down the aisles and see those. And yeah. It reminds me of my childhood and, and condensed soup was another one for me. And yeah. it was the eighties and that's what we did. <laughs> exactly. It was. And I, I think that for our age group, and I know all my listeners are, are pretty much around the same age, it's, it's, I found that it was hard to break away from that. For me, no one taught me how to eat. We didn't, I honestly, swear to God, have never been to a farm. We just went to one with my, my sons, uh, had a field trip and I volunteered to go because I'm like, we're going to a farm. I've never seen a working farm. I, I never have. And it was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't know. I, I I didn't know at all how to fuel my body. No one ever taught me. No, so I, I yeah. It was something that I wanted to learn too to teach my kids. And so I started with going to the grocery store, and we'd go to the produce section, and I teach them the names of everything. Like I don't want them to see a head of cabbage and not know that it's a head of cabbage. And because there's a lot of them they don't know. And now I'm pretty impressed. Like my daughter goes and grabs. Um, raw green beans in the produce section and she'll eat them. And I don't even like (laughs) green beans. So it's like fist pump to her. So it's just these little tiny steps to take to, to not only help my life, but be a role model for my kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think two things that I always thought, you know, that they should be teaching in school as when, you know, when you're younger is teaching them about money and teaching them about food. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, back in the day we had, um, you know, home ec, but that really wasn't about learning about food. That was like learning how to be a homemaker or, you know, make pancakes or, um, I forget what it's called, like bird in a basket or something. We made aprons. Yeah. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Um, but yeah. And, and, and so it's, um, important that children learn, different kind, you know, to, mm-hmm. and especially learn to experiment, to at least try yeah. and be open to different things. Mm-hmm. That's a rule in our house. You're not allowed to say that you don't like it until you actually try it, chew it, swallow it, 
and, you know, I try to encourage a couple bites. And yeah. now my son, he's, he's very high functioning autism, but he'll get, he'll get hooked on something and, and kind of obsess on it. And so now he's really into learning about which kinds of foods do different things for your body. So we're talking to him about protein and how that helps your body and carbohydrates. And he, and he'll ask me, um, and I'll, you know, I'm teaching him about treats and sugar and, and so he'll ask me like, is this good for you, mom? Is this good for you? And, and now he's starting to turn down sweets. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the upside <laughs> of autism. Yeah. He's, he's, and he's never been, my daughter would eat it 24 hours a day, including veggies too. But, uh, yeah, it's really interesting how just learning and they're little, they're six and four. So it's been really fun with them to teach them as I learned too. Yeah. That's fun. The reason, you know, the main topic I, in my listeners, and I know your listeners as well are, are busy women and you know, what woman isn't busy. We have, you know, we're stay at home moms with little ones, or we have full-time careers and we're climbing the corporate ladder, wherever you are, I know you're busy. And, and along those same lines, most of us have a value around being healthy, you know, being physically fit or just, I mean, who doesn't want to feel good? <laughs> Exactly. Everybody does. But for so many of us, myself included, many times in my life, eating eating right and eating well, I should say, and physical fitness is that thing that falls off your plate. Everything else comes first. So my first question to you is, is how, how can women simply make changes in their lives that can be lasting? Because I think that's the magic component there. Yeah, it's a great question. And we are all super, super busy. I think that a big thing is not making it, not overcomplicating it and not changing everything at once because we already have everything, tons of things going on with work or school or children and all of that stuff. And so then deciding all of a sudden, I'm going to change my nutrition completely. I'm going to change my fitness and go to the gym every single day and putting all this pressure on ourselves now to stick to this plan that we really don't have the room for in our everyday life can just really kind of throw us for a loop and ultimately is, is just not sustainable. Um, and so I really try to encourage people that I work with to focus on starting with one thing, start with just the nutrition or start with just the fitness. Um, something that you and I had talked about was that if, um, the fact that you like to eat a lot of unhealthy food sometimes mm -hmm. and, uh, just, and it's easy to do that. And so instead of me saying to you, take all of the junk out of your diet and go restock your fridge with only fruits and vegetables and good proteins I've and so on and before, so forth. Way, and it did not work. <laughs> right. Exactly. So instead what we did was we, we figured out a way to just start integrating some green into your diet without taking away that other stuff, but in a way that it will eventually push that other stuff further out so that you are replacing it with the healthy thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that takes a lot of pressure off of you mentally and also fits it in in a way where now all of a sudden it's not creating stress 
which once you start creating stress is when things all of a sudden go batty and become unsustainable. And so in terms of that, I, I really encourage people to focus on or try to choose one thing. If you want to do both fitness and nutrition, that can be done as well, but then it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a complete overhaul from one day to the next. It should be slowly integrated into your life. And so just at least trying to fit in two days of walking. I have a client that I'm working with right now who has um, a lot of different physical ailments going on and stuff. Right. And, and she also takes care um of her children and she, she has no time. And I said to her, can you just, well, we let's just commit to two days a week where you take a 30 minute walk by yourself. That's it. Mm -hmm. Two days a week. Um, and it's done wonders for her that just her being able to take the time, but it also didn't freak her out. And it wasn't something that became unsustainable because it was just a small little tweak. And once she starts doing that, you know, for the next 30 days or, you know, even after two weeks, often what will happen is we become really excited about the success that we were able to commit to that change. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make the change even greater and we want to add something else to it. Or we want to now walk for an hour instead of 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I like that really small because I know I know myself and a lot of my listeners, we, we're high achievers and we like to go big or go home. And mm -hmm. I think that with this, it, it's really, it's just not sustainable. And I remember when months, maybe even a year or more ago, I tried to do it all myself and I was, I was feeling almost like I was grieving the loss of some things that, cause from like, I was going to just go in my pantry and throw everything away. And, um, like one of my things, I'll give you a quick example is, my husband, I have to blame him, got me hooked on um, <laughs> Nestle's Coffee Mate, the flavored ones. Oh, my yes. God. I never drank those before. I always just was like a milk and sugar in my coffee girl. And he introduced me to Hazelnut Coffee Mate. <laughs> and I don't drink a ton of it. It's like a tablespoon in each cup of coffee, and I'll have like two cups a day. But I thought I, I made up that that was just like the worst thing ever. And I love that you were like, just keep drinking it and it's fine. It's not a big deal. And just yeah. make other changes, you know, add some stuff that's going to, to fuel you and things like that. So that, I love that answer. And it's just, uh, yes, it, it didn't, the other way was not working for me at all. And also I had, I think and from a mindset point too, if this is helpful for anyone, I had shame around the way sure. I ate and was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm like, the worst mother because I'm, because my son's favorite food is Foster Farms corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to grow up. And, uh, but yeah, I was, and you were like, settle down. <laughs> yeah, it's no, but it's so true that, and especially for overachievers, you know, you, you want to, you want to go big or go home and you want it to be perfect and you and want today. it to be today and to the letter. Exactly. And I, I so get that I'm exactly the same way, but, and that works in certain instances that works. If you were to tell me, Jack, I have to get, you know, red carpet ready in the next two weeks uh, because 
I'm going to this big event or I'm doing a photo shoot that I want to get rid of, uh, get ready for, then yeah, then that's when I say, all right, this is it. You better suck it up, buttercup, because Mm -hmm. you're sticking to this plan for the next two weeks, no matter what, if you want to get to that end result. But if we're talking long-term sustainable change, that, you know, that kind of really rigidness just doesn't work Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to cut yourself some slack. Exactly. Okay. So here's, here's a question for you there. Cause I get overwhelmed with this too. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners too, I feel like there's like movements and trends and, and it's easy to get overwhelmed about which one is the best, which one is the best for you is the one that all of your friends are doing the right one. And I, I love this quote from your website where you say, we're not preaching any specific method as the best and ultimate. If you love paleo eating, great. If you love CrossFit, great. If you're a vegan, great. If you love yoga, great. So you, can you speak more about that? Sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy out there with all of the different types of, of diets available. The eight week, this, the two week, that, the paleo detox. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I get overwhelmed just looking at it. So I, I know that it's just, um, incredibly overwhelming for so many people. And how do you know what to do now? The big how do you know is the answer to the, how do you know is not as cut and it's not really cut and dry. There is no kind of the the kind of blanket thing that I would, that I generally say is you don't know and you have to experiment, but things that you can look at in terms of to help you make your decision is, um, is to is experiment in terms of how foods make you feel is noticing how certain foods make you feel and so if you're looking at, um, you know, if you're eating foods that have gluten in it and at certain times a day and you want to look and see how you feel and how, how your body feels physically when you have them, you may or may not have a gluten intolerance. And so that can, if you go and you find that out, that may direct you to one path. Um, you may be trying to, you consume too much sugar and so then, you know, Cutting back on that, that leads you down on another path. Um, but the other thing that I really stress looking at is what your lifestyle is like. Um, because if you're looking to make changes in your diet, as we talked about earlier, just completely revamping your your diet to doing a three a complete 360 to something new um, can off it, it can be often be overwhelming, and so. If you want to try the paleo diet, then I su- usually suggest that you start implementing the foods that are in the paleo diet rather than saying, okay, all of a sudden I'm paleo and changing everything at once. And also you want to try to stick to it at least for two weeks because doing something for a week, generally you're not going to see any huge changes. You may, you may start to feel some things if the foods are not agreeing with you, but if you're looking for results in terms of losing weight, you have to be able to give it a chance at least two weeks to see, is this having a positive impact or not? And if it's not, then that was just two weeks and then you can move on to something else. And that's another thing is not 
being too rigid or grasping onto the latest trend and thinking that because it's the latest trend, that it's the end all be all and it's the answer to everything. And that's the one that you have to be on. Um, you know, there's Atkins and there's ketogenic diet and there's all these kinds of things. But I, I know that, um, I've seen where people try the paleo and the paleo might not necessarily be agreeing with them, but they stick with it anyway because paleo, you know, it's paleo is all the rage and paleo, they, it, the, it's, it has all the answers. And so they want it to have all the answers for them, but mm-hmm. it just might not be the right thing for them. And by the way, I'm not bashing paleo in any way. I totally support it. I support all, all food denominations. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm actually, I, I coined the term fueltarian. Um, and I call myself a fueltarian because I'm not, uh, you know, pro or against any particular food, um, strategy or eating strategy. I really feel like it's kind of whatever it works, however, and whatever it works for you. Um, but in, and I always say my house is a fueltarian house and all food, it's the, the church, the uni- the Unitarian Church mm-hmm. of all food denominations. I love that. Yeah, it's it is easy to get overwhelmed. And I did a while back um, when I was trying to you know clean up my own diet. I knew that sugar was an issue with me, and so I wanted just to make sure. So I thought the way to do that would would to be the tw- the twenty one day sugar detox. And I made a huge mistake because I did it when I was training for the Ragnar Relay series. If you don't know what oh, that is, boy. it's like a, it's basically a, a you run three different legs within I think like what are we thirty six hours or something like that, and with a team of people, and um, it was a lot of running. And I and the the, the, the silly thing is is like I, I have my bachelor's degree in exercise physiology, so I know like the basics of how the body works and how the body is fueled, and. I remember I was on a run in my neighborhood. I barely got maybe a half mile in and I was looking at every single lawn. Like I just wanted to go and lay on the lawn and go (laughs) to sleep. I was so tired. Not only was I tired, but my body physically, it, when it was weird, the way I was explaining it to my husband and I said, it's as if my muscles, they feel like I was walking through quicksand. Like I could not move them anymore. And I emailed my former professor at the college I went to and he was like, he was very blunt. He's like, Andrea, this was probably the worst decision I've ever heard you make. <laughs> the timing was terrible. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> I, I totally I get it. And that was an experiment for me. Like I do need some carbohydrates. <laughs> yeah. I think it was um, about two years ago that I decided, because I like to experiment too, and even though I'm not, you know, I'm on my training diet right now and stuff, but every so often I decide, oh, I'm going to do this for 30 days just to whatever. And I think at the time I decided that I was going to do an 30 days of an all vegan, all vegan raw diet mm-hmm. for 30 days and um, not even thinking about the fact that I was starting it and uh, I was starting it about a week and a half before we were going to Disney World. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so, you know, doing an all vegan raw diet um, in the theme, in the park, you know, is, is just not going to work. 
they had lettuce and tomatoes <laughs> and stuff like that. But that was about it. And needless to say, it didn't last very long. And so those are, you know, considerations as well, looking at where what's happening in my life Your over lifestyle. the next yep. however long. Those are considerations that you need to think about in terms of how it's going to affect your life or how your life is going to affect your plans for your nutrition and fitness. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk about nutrition in specifically, and can you give us your top three tips on eating better? So someone who's just starting out, maybe somebody who's overwhelmed with, with everything out there, what are your, your top three tips on eating better? My top three tips. So the first one I would say is definitely is cutting back, if not cutting out sugar. Um, and now, and I'm not, um, I'm not perfect with this because I love sweets, but sugar is really, can really cause so many health problems and not only just making you tired and lethargic, but just is related to so many physical ailments and also just people not feeling good. And, um, so when you say sugar, be more specific, like what kinds of sugar, what give us examples of foods, process, any pretty much processed foods. Um, so sodas, sodas, uh, candy, um, well diet, no, well diet has the, this artificial sweeteners. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, if you were going to go off sugar, I mean, if you're doing a complete sugar detox, most people would say don't have the artificial sweetener um, because sweeteners do a bunch of other things. Um, however, like we said, if we're, we're just trying to make that one change, if you're, so for me, if you can at least go from processed sugar where, it, whether it be table sugar or it be, um, Things with, (laughs) yes, exactly. (laughs) Then I would, um, you know, say, yeah, please. Then if you need to have the equal or the stevia or Splenda or something like that, as you're transitioning, then please do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But cutting back on drinking soda, eating candy, um, processed foods, things made with white flour. So white is a big thing in terms of, um, uh, breads and pastas and stuff like that. The other thing is, um, is I know this is kind of, uh, old school, but it's water. It's drinking a lot of water. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that most people don't know the difference between feeling hungry and feeling thirsty and physiologically they feel the same. And so most people think that when they are thirsty, it's really that it's their body telling them that they're hungry. And so they go and reach for food and then they're still kind of hungry because your body is still thirsty. Mm -hmm. And so you have to retrain your body to understand so that you can understand what that feels like. And the only way that you can do that is by drinking more water. And I drink a gallon of water a day. I'm not suggesting that anybody drink, everybody drink a gallon of water a day, Um, but at least Try shoot for a liter of water, if not two liters of water, and um, doing it every day. Eventually, as you're rehydrating and your body feels hydrated, all of a sudden you're going to start feeling um, a difference in terms of uh, what hungry means and what thirsty means. And it does so many wonderful things for your body in terms of your skin, keeping you satiated, 
um, and all of the organs functioning the way that they should and really helps with elimination. Mm-hmm. Um, the third thing that I would say is something that you and I had already talked about is in terms of not replacing foods with healthy foods, but crowding out the the bad foods. And so what I mean by that is not if you're, if you're eating right now, you know, if you pretty much eat 80% pro 90% processed foods or a hundred percent processed foods throughout the day, then if you can start out by adding in two green vegetables and having those foods, obviously, you're going to be taking up space in your belly, which means that you're going to be having a little bit less of what your process, what you normally eat for the processed foods. And the goal being that for the, you know, a couple of weeks, you're doing two veg, two green veggies and a couple of fruits. And then a couple of weeks later, then we're going to try to also tack on um, maybe an, an all vegetable dish or you're going to add in some more protein. Um, and so really trying to add more. And so as you're adding, um, then you are slowly but surely pushing out the other foods without making yourself crazy and completely switching everything out. Mm -hmm. Because then that also makes our bodies crazy because we're addicted to those foods. That's what our body knows and what it craves and it's what it wants. And so instead of saying, hey, we're going to take those all away, which we know that once you say you can't have something, is the minute that you want it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love those. Thank you. And I wanted to tag on too about the water thing. When I started working with you, you you had me drinking. Th- you said three liters of water a day, and I it sounded like a lot, you know, because I thought of a two liter bottle of Coke, and I'm like, well, that's that's kind of a lot of volume, and plus another liter, and but it really wasn't that hard. I what I did was is I went to um, my local Walmart. And I bought a really cute, it's like a giant mason jar mm-hmm. and it's glass and it's pretty and I wanted it to be pretty because it was going to sit on my counter. And so what I do is I fill that up every morning and it's three liters with water. And for me, I work from home. So that's easy because I kind of know I can keep track of how much I'm drinking based on that. But you can get like a plastic one and bring it to work and, you know, have it, have that, um, the amount of water that you want to drink all day. And yes, you're going to be going to the bathroom a lot or, you know, carry it with you. I just, I found that it was easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I ordered, um, a gallon bottle, a plastic gallon bottle from Amazon and um, I fill it up in the morning and then I carry it with me wherever I go and I just drink throughout the day and that's how I get it down. For me, if it's out of sight, then it's pretty much out of mind. So then I need to be able to have it right there in front of me and then it's just an easy way to keep track as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that, and and at the beginning, it's it's a, can be a little bit of a, an adjustment period in terms of how that the volume of water feels in your stomach, and so that's totally normal. If if people start feeling that, you may feel kind of very sloshy in your belly and like, oh my god, all of a sudden I feel so full, and it's normal. It's just your body adjusting and getting used to this, and that will you know after a few days will 
even itself out pretty much. Mm -hmm. And is, is once it's your body realizes, Oh, okay. Now I'm getting the water that I need. Um, we'll do exactly what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put a link to that, to that water. It was only 10 bucks. It wasn't that expensive and it's, it's actually pretty. So I'll put a link to that on the show notes. And again, if you want to any links and resources that you guys hear in this podcast, go to your kickass life forward slash 31. And you can read about that. I also, um, a quick change that I made in regards to water again is that I started because I'm always thirsty in the morning. I wake up thirsty, not really thirsty, but you know, and I'm like ready for coffee. I started drinking water before I drink my coffee, only a glass. I just fill up a glass, drink. Sometimes I don't even drink the whole thing. I'll drink most of it. And then I drink my coffee and it's made a huge difference. I'm drinking less coffee, which I don't even finish my cup in the morning. Absolutely. That was Absolutely. Definitely. Because we, um, and, and it was, a, it's the same for me as well. And, and I, I love coffee. My family's Brazilian and Puerto Rican. I've been, I had coffee in the bottle practically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same thing. It's once you start, if you start your day drinking water and if you can at least commit that once I wake up, I'm going to have, you know, eight ounces of water, mm-hmm. um, then it will, totally diminish the amount of coffee that you will have thereafter. And because physiologically it just has to, it's taking up more space. And so, and your body is also actually feeding the thirst. Whereas if you're having the coffee um, and the caffeine, it's a diuretic. And so it's not really quenching your thirst as much as it just tastes good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I have one last question for you, and this is kind of a personal one. Well, not really personal, but... <laughs> well, get down. Get down, girl. I'll tell it all. I'm an open book. Well, I think that I'm always really curious about the people I interview and what their real life looks like. And I know that your PhD is in um, is going to be in mind-body medicine, and I'm sure that this is it's a, it's a very broad topic that encompasses so many elements. But I'm curious how you keep your mind and body connected. So do you have like a morning ritual, or, or what exactly does that look like for you? Um, I don't have a morning ritual. Um, I use mantras a lot. And so I, I use, um, mantras, uh, Sanskrit mantras, uh, chanting mantras. And so of the Hindu gods and goddesses, um, for example, Ganesh, who is the God, uh, the remover of, of obstacles, and he has a Sanskrit mantra, Om Gum Ganapataye Namaha. And so I, I'm a singer and I grew up a singer. So I love to sing the mantras and the mantras quiet my mind and make me feel better. And I'm able to really decompress when I use them. So I, I use those a lot. But other than that, um, right now, my mind body connection usually happens during my cardio, uh, mm-hmm. when I'm doing cardio and I, I do a lot more steady state, slower cardio than, than the high intensity stuff. And, uh, when I do, I pretty much just tuning in to, to myself and to my head. And on, I have a, on my phone, I've written down, 
things that I want to tell myself or things that I want to remind myself about myself. Um, and I, I read it throughout it, throughout my cardio and repeat them back to myself. And often it can look a little kooky, but like I'm having, but I'm having a conversation basically with myself and that's how I'm able to connect that part of the, the mental and the physical, um, and so that I know that everything is, is working for the, the, the same ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my, my PH, my dissertation work is actually on mental toughness and it's on, uh, the idea of overcoming obstacles and being, you know, no matter how many times you fall down to be able to to push through scenarios that you just never thought that you possibly could and resiliency and being relentless in your pers- in any area of your life. And so I'm putting together a framework for people to be able to apply in any area of their life, whether it be home or work or sports or, uh, personal goals and, and so on and so forth. And so with that being said, a lot of, a lot of the self-talk that I do and a lot of the kind of quieting of the mind that I do has a lot, have a, has a lot to do with, um, not, not thinking and just doing Mm -hmm. and, uh, not being my and and being relentless with myself in the sense of a lot to to do with focusing on getting through things and mm-hmm. not giving myself an out and not settling um and and just going for it and so a lot of my self talk comes from that and that for me is a form of mind body connection that's interesting. I, that's fascinating because I, you just, I never know, you know, what other people do. And, um, I, I love hearing other people's ways of, of really living their best, most kick-ass life. So thank you for that. And thank you for, for being on my show. It's been so interesting and helpful for my listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I love being on and I love chatting with you. And so tell everyone, uh, what is the best way to find you? You can find me on Twitter and it's at J-C-Q-L-Y, which uh, my boyfriend pronounces Jickly, but it's <laughs> at J-C-Q-L-Y. And also on Instagram, which I'm addicted to, <laughs> I'm also at J-C-Q-L-Y, or they can head over to uh, BossFit Magazine, B-O-S-S-F-I-T-M-A-G dot com, or Fitarella, F-I-T-A-R-E-L-L-A dot com. Yeah, and all these links are going to be in the show notes, you guys, your kickass life forward slash 31, where you can just click on the links and, and get to to Jack and follow her everywhere. And, and there's some really great articles on BossFit Mag, too, for anyone listening who wants more information like you just heard today. And um, so thank you so much. Uh, it's thank been great. Thank you. Yay. So until next time, ass kickers, uh, keep kicking ass. Hopefully this was helpful and you can make some some small changes in your, your uh, you know nutrition and fitness. And I will see you next time for episode 32. Bye-bye. 